Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Winchester Radio Podcast. Uh, last night's episode was episode 20 of seventh season, uh, entitled The Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons Tattoo. Um, we are not going to be taking uh, call-in guests tonight because we have a very, very special guest from that episode, mm-hmm. and we're going to say hold on just a second. I just want to let everybody know that to... Uh, listen to the podcast and download it later. Uh, you can subscribe and download us and listen through iTunes. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash mediaboulevard and uh, download or listen live there. Uh, you can always um, go to winchesterbros.com, our website, and click on the Winchester Radio icon, which will take you to Blog Talk Radio. And you can always find uh, any information on our podcast, and not just this one, but all the ones in the past on our Facebook, and Twitter, which is updated all the time with Supernatural News, and uh, that's Winchester Bros in both places. And our very special guest tonight is Felicia Day, who plays Charlie Bradbury on uh, Supernatural, and uh, also she was on uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, something we love, her own series, The Guild, and Eureka, and uh, many things. And welcome, Felicia. Thank you for being on Winchester Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Um, <laughs> I know. I, we're telling uh, you before, we were so excited that uh, you're going to be on and how much we uh, loved the episode last night and very happy that Charlie survived. That doesn't always happen on Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I hear rumors about uh, the if you have... Too many X chromosomes, you have a very like unlikely chance of surviving on the show. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you familiar with the show at all before you got cast? Yeah, I was definitely familiar with the show. I'd watched uh, the first couple of seasons really um, attentively, and then things have gotten really busy for me the last couple of years, so I haven't really ca- kept up with anything um, the way I would like to, but it's always been a show that I've just wondered, why am I not on that show? <laughs> I would get angry, like, what are you doing, agents? Why aren't you getting me on the shows that I'm totally right for? Um, but I guess it was all t- to be uh, uh, fated to be um, waiting for this moment because this role was like such a, a gift and a dream come true. So I couldn't have probably uh, asked for another role uh, that was more perfect. Did you, well, you did you really feel like this role was basically tailor made for you? You know, they called actually a couple months ago, like in January or something, and so I guess I'm not sure. I think that somebody was just aware of my work uh, and uh, thought I'd be perfect for something. I'm not sure. I don't actually know if they wrote the part specifically or they had the idea of a hacker girl in mind and they thought of me. Um, if you if you watch it, you can see it's definitely tailor made to to my voice in a way. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I do know that they, they called me much in advance than you usually get called for the role. And I was so thrilled. I, I actually, um, had made a decision not to take any jobs because, uh, I was launching this new YouTube channel that I'm, I'm working on and, uh, I wasn't supposed to work in March. Uh, but th- since they called, uh, and it was in March, I was like, I want to do anything I can to move everything around to do this. Cause it's definitely a show I want to have said I've been on. Um, so yeah, I made it work, and, and thank goodness I did. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge in playing Charlie? Um, you know, it's always really challenging when you uh go into a set, a new set. Uh just you know, you have to find a comfort level and kind of um you have to be instantly comfortable, which I'm not naturally in in, in real life. Um but the cool thing was um that the 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 set and and all the crew were so nice and 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 welcoming. That was definitely um something that that sort of allowed me to be really comfortable and do my best work uh pretty uh soon off the bat. Um I think, you know, one of the things was that I was so overwhelmed with how prominently Charlie featured in the episode, you know, when most guest stars they go on a show um and you know, you generally work like 3 or 4 days out of the schedule. And I think that I worked like 9. They even had an extra day and I worked the extra day. Um so it was certainly something that um kind of overwhelmed me when I started reading the script. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm on so many pages. But when I read the pages, I was, like, so excited to say the words. Uh, so I was just – it became hyper-prepared and just like, okay, I'm going to know this character inside and out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's always challenging um, to, to find any new role. But, like, somehow it was, it was really fun to channel Charlie and, and make her this kind of grounded version of what I usually play, which – was really fun because it's not something I normally do. Uh, but at the same time, I brought all the fun stuff uh, uh, that I usually do to the role. And uh, I'm glad you guys liked it. Oh, yeah, she was great. Did you have any input into, like, Charlie's cubicle decorations or her apartment decor? Because they're extremely Spanish. And it was lots of fun to go back and pause and look for every little detail. I know. There. You know, the funny part is that uh, people have been asking that on Twitter and if I ad-libbed anything or any of this was my idea and what about the set dressing. And the funny thing is that, no, I just, that was absolutely production and the writer who did everything like that. And it was so funny because um, I, I walked onto the set of, of my apartment and my cubicle and I was like, oh, my gosh, I own those bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> I I know all these toys. So the funny thing was that the, some of the some of the set, the people on the set, the camera crew were like, hey, does this look like your place? Because they didn't know a lot about what I do, and um, and uh, they saw that I was really comfortable with it. And I was like, well, I guess if, if this was my cubicle, it would be weighed more towards um, gaming stuff versus, like, uh, the movie stuff. But it would be just – it would be basically the same cubicle except for maybe – you know Diablo instead of uh, instead of Star Wars. I'm not sure. Probably both. <laughs> Were you tempted to pocket any of the of the little figurines or anything? I've stolen a lot of things off sets, but usually sets that I'm on more than one episode. I feel like if I'm doing one episode, you're a guest. You're a guest star. If you're recurring, you're allowed to like pilfer stuff. <laughs> uh, not even your Princess Leia t-shirt Because that was really cool <laughs> Yeah I love that t-shirt uh, They actually dyed that t-shirt a different color It can, I think you could get it in gray I saw them tweeting the link to it It's a really awesome t-shirt But that color is terrible on my skin So they um, they, they dyed that actually gray uh, purple Which I love the what? colors That whole outfit I put it on I was like this is amazing mm. we, uh, uh, we did we tweeted the link for the company, so if anybody wants your shirt, they can go to welovefine.com and they can find it. 
Yeah, it was great, and I love the hoodie. You know, all the colors really popped off the screen. I, you never know. I don't actually watch the monitor as an actor. I don't. I don't find that helps me. I feel that like it gets me in my head. But um, uh, so when I saw the episode in the previews, I was like, wow, look at those great colors of that outfit. I should wear those more often. I should wear pink more often. I never do. Mm-hmm. Um, going back a little bit to your cubicle and apartment decor, did they happen to throw in any Buffy items in there since you were on Buffy? No, there were no there were no inside um, things. I guess because it's a different network. I'm not sure actually. You think that they would have been able to? I guess they were able to clear. Uh, whenever you put any object on screen or any shirt or anything, you have to get clearance. You have to get them to sign that it's legal for you to use it. So it was interesting because I was really surprised they let they got all those big, you know, those big franchises to to let them use it. It must have been a lot of work on somebody's part, but uh, it definitely paid off. It made it, it really made it seem like Charlie could be a girl who literally is planning her trip to Comic-Con now. Like she could be walking the floor and she has a list of booths she want to hit and, and, and panels she wants to go to. Mm-hmm. Be camping out 12 hours in advance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think she might sleep in the slip in the back door. I feel like she she might be really one of those unscrupulous people who cut line in a bad way. <laughs> Maybe she wants to add another tattoo. That exactly. Oh yeah, that was the funniest. And when everybody asked me in press stuff this week, what do you think uh, people are going to um, quote? And I was like, I think that that might be the quote of of the episode: how she got her tattoo and what it is. <laughs> I have to say that my favorite scene, I think, in the whole episode was you doing your little dance in the elevator. That was so cute. Oh, thank you. The funny thing is that that's one of my favorite songs, A. So when I saw they were actually using that song, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I think it's a, I think it's a camera focus guy. I forget his name. I'm, I'm blanking right now, Adam. But um, he couldn't hear what was on my headphones. And so he's like, hey, what are you dancing to? Uh, and I was like, well, guess. And he said, "Are you dance- is it Walking on Sunshine? And I was like, are you kidding? He totally guessed. Wow. And I swear to God, he did not know what the he, – he hadn't read the script. And he had, oh, wow. he had not heard what was on my phone. So that just blew my mind, to be honest with you. I was like, wow, wow I'm a really good dancer. <laughs> I mean, not really, but <laughs> it was such a weird coincidence. <laughs> But but if well, I go, what? yeah, if I go to a if I go to to anywhere who plays that song, I, I generally have to dance like a dork up to it. So um, <laughs> it definitely good. It was a very good choice. Oh, that was a really really fun scene. I I really enjoyed the theme talking her through the flirting scene as as well. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great scene. Um, we actually shot that scene before they did the van stuff and. Uh, they had to do all the van stuff in one day. I was like, "Wow, you guys are truly amazing." Um, but but when I was acting that scene, I just heard in my voice him saying the line to me while I was saying the word, and um, I was just trying to convey the idea that someone was actually speaking in my ear, even though there was no one doing it. But in some of the scenes, actually, uh, one one of the prop people um, was off off camera, and she was reading his lines into my ear. So like when I'm doing the scene where I do the um I do the tattoo line, all that whole scene there was actually somebody reading all the lines into my ear. I know that some actors probably wouldn't have done that, but I kind of 
I wanted to have at least somebody doing the spacing for the line properly so I could react to it. Mm-hmm. It worked out really well. Yes, yeah, it, it worked yeah. great. It was so funny. <laughs> um, I have a question that you may not have the answer to, but when uh, in the script you say your line is that there's 42 minutes, was that an intentional, like, shout-out to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I would not doubt it. There are so many sly references in that script. Um, some that you, I didn't even know that I were pointed out to me on uh, online. So uh, yeah, I, I, I have no, idea, I have no doubt that that was picked specifically for uh, Hitchhikers. I have no doubt at all. <laughs> I kind of that just kind of drew me back for a second. I was like, hey. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting to have the writer on to see what exactly he planned for that. Um, but I, yeah, I would totally not doubt it. There, there was like a million references in this episode to to so many things, like uh, the whole with uh, uh, um, Charlie's cubicle mate, and he said, and she said, and he says, "I love you," and she says, "I know," you know, from Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Oh no, that was the best, and and I love that actor. He uh, he's uh, actually um, he he's from really far north Canada, so where it's like negative thirty below. I mean, just crazy. He was telling me about how they went out, they go out in shorts and like play sports in like negative thirty weather. So he was really a nice guy, and uh, and we had a really good rapport. I think even even Mm -hmm. though we weren't in a lot of scenes together, it was really fun um, being able to imagine him as you know her her sidekick in that weird weird office. Mm Mhm. This was um, the directorial debut for um, Johnny. Johnny Mac, mm-hmm. uh, what's the, they call him Johnny Mac? I can't think of it. Don McCarthy. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us what he was like, as, you know, as a director since it was his first time? And yeah, no, I'm. I, I think it's really interesting for somebody. I mean, obviously the crew. It was really cool because you could feel the crew was like rooting for him. So everybody was really. I mean, not that they aren't usually helpful, but I feel like it was like one of their own in a sense who was who was kind of taking the helm. And, and I felt like everybody was just kind of really uh, gathering together to make this episode awesome. Like, some of the days were just ridiculous. And um, the day that we did the fight scenes and stuff were, it's like really 14 hours worth of work that, that they, they did in like eight hours. There were a lot of constraints to the location. And, and there were a lot of, um, it was really the dead of night. It was really cold. But I just felt like... Um, you know, they were really doing everything they could to make his ride smooth. And even though he was, like, really commanding and, and really organized and, and really in charge on the first day, like, I felt like the 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 arc of him through the first day to the last day, like, he was in no doubt, like, the director by by the, that last day. I, I never even remembered that he hadn't always directed. He was, he was so good. I think part of being an actor is um, – especially if you're on a set where you're not, you know, you're not a regular or something, you just have to trust your director is going to allow you on a TV schedule to do your best work and, and you can trust them to move on if you don't, uh, if even if you don't know if you did your best work, but they can watch the monitor and, and you trust that they, they know that you did a good job and they can cut that into the episode and it looks great. That's a lot about acting. You really just have to trust everybody to, get your back there and uh and it was very easy for me to trust him to know that when he said move on then everything was done really well and he got what he needed 
so um yeah it was it was really nice working with him um and i I felt like uh very safe from from beginning to end, and he's just a really nice guy and and I'm sure he definitely needs to direct more because I really love the way that the uh, episode came out it was it's very stylistic mm-hmm. and 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 all the split screens and stuff I thought were really cleverly mm-hmm. put together because I'm sitting in front of a computer for a long time you know that could be quite boring so he did a mm-hmm. lot to kind of mix it up Mhm. yeah I did a great job couldn't never guess he was a first time director I think yeah well I guess you know being on a set I mean, he's he's worked on yeah. so many of the episodes he knows the short can he can he knows how the crew works right so Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of better than somebody who's a stranger coming in. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I thought there was a lot of polish there. And he always knew what to say to me to make, you know, if I was missing something on a line or something, he'd be like, okay, do like this. And I was like, oh, got it, yeah. And some directors, mm-hmm. they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, do it like this, and you have no idea what they're talking about. You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and you really absolutely <laughs> don't know what they want. <laughs> you just have no idea. Like some people are, mm-hmm. are visual and some people are – verbal mm-hmm. and some people are an actor's director and um i guess you know he has a little bit of all of it so yeah he's great cool how was it um acting with james patrick stewart you know playing dick roman who's such an amazing character and so charmingly creepy yeah i hadn't watched the season um so i i uh i only knew him you know we went we got together and and we were just kind of chatting in the chairs and he's t- such a nice guy um, very, you know, uh, he seems like a real stage actor to me. Um, very, very, like, grounded and um, very confident. And then when he got into the scene, I was like, whoa, creepster. Like, he's so creepy. <laughs> he has this odd way of speaking that's so, like, flat, but intimidating mm-hmm. at the same time. It's very internal, like he has a mask on. And it's so perfect for the character. It was not hard being in those scenes and acting like, what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> Uh, it was it was it was definitely easy 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 to have those reactions like um, of of kind of uh, being thrown and intimidated. It was very easy. His eyes are very predatory. Like he has very predatory expressions. Yeah, but he can. It, you know, it's something he puts on. Like it's not that's not his default face. He somehow oh, able no. to, make, to make his eyes like that. He's a lovely lovely man, and we had a lot of good conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I was curious because he's is so scary on on the show and and, and so predatory I just, I just had to ask how it was what it was like between you know how he is off when you're not doing a scene and when you were acting so that's very very cool to to hear so yeah he's very focused you know in a way that he's obviously takes it very seriously and and he gives himself the space he needs to really be in the scene in the way that he needs to be in it um which i i definitely admire um but at the same time, yeah, he's totally cool. He's totally uh, just chatting and 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 just fun to kind of talk about. He's he's very well traveled and, and just really interesting. Very nice guy. You had a few, you had a few scenes with Jim Beaver and with his character Bobby being a ghost. Was it hard to pretend that he wasn't there? You know, the good thing is that I never really deliberately had to look at him or in his direction as a ghost. Um, he was mostly behind me or kind of like off camera a little bit. So um, I generally was able to kind of forget that he was there except when I was pausing. Um, and, and sometimes when he wasn't in the scene, we just skipped his lines, which actually helped me uh, be able to not acknowledge that anybody was back there. Uh but he's yeah he he that's a really interesting character and um, he's from Texas so we 
and uh, I believe so is Jensen. So we had a, like a a little Texas reunion because I'm from Austin and I went to Austin uh, UT. So there's a lot of Texans on that set. So <laughs> it yep. made me feel a little bit at home. It was like a bunch of Texans in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jensen, Jared, Jim. Yeah, all, all of them. The others. All, all the guys Texas. are from Texas. And then there was yeah. like a, somebody's friend was there, and he was like, literally, I think he knew my brother, which is awesome. <laughs> Somebody's Texan friend was visiting the set. <laughs> oh, and uh, one of our podcast hosts uh, from Texas. <laughs> oh, really? Who? Where? I'm in El Paso. Oh, wow. I've only been to El Paso, driven through it. But it's definitely Texas. It was, you know, the fringe of Texas, but we're still, they're still claiming us. Yeah. <laughs> You're, that's definitely heart of Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, visiting um, Texas? <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of Jensen and Derek, can you tell us what it was like working with them? Yeah, I'd never met them before. You know, I do a lot of conventions because um, of all my projects. I've, 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 and I've, I've definitely, um, all the things that I do on my own, I produce and write and uh, star in uh, most of the things I do on a daily basis, uh, all the Internet videos. So I'm so busy doing that. Um, and I, I feel like the one thing that's really ca- brought us very far um, online in ways that other people haven't been is doing conventions. Like starting, you know, five six years ago, I would go to conventions handing out bookmarks um, uh, for my web series and, and just one by one gathering people to it. And uh, it's really built the the sort of spine of of everything that I do now. So I love conventions. I love doing them. I love meeting fans at them. I'm I'm behind the computer like twelve hours a day. So seeing actual real people who like what I do versus reading comments about how bad <laughs> I am. It's like, that's actually my, you know, almost my vacation in a way. So I, I, uh, I, I'd always tried to go out of my way to meet them, but I, I just never had run into them. But I've heard so many great things about how great they were with their fans and, and how nice they were. And, and so when I met them, I was a little intimidated, but they're, uh, it's, it's n- not their fault. They're just very large, good-looking men. <laughs> They're very charismatic. I mean, they walk into a room and they just they all the all the attention goes to them because they're just charismatic in a way that just mm-hmm. is inhuman. So, mm-hmm. but they went out of their way like you know you can always tell a really great actor you know will make new people feel comfortable. And I've been on sets where people didn't do that, and I put I made them I've been on sets where people did that, and like uh, they were like super. Uh, awesome! Like the first day, they even came over. They, I wasn't even shooting, and they came over and they said hi. And it was, uh, it was definitely easy, easier transition than normal. And uh, but you know, they're very. Uh, they're, it was kind of intimidating to me because I work with mostly women. My partners are women, and uh, uh, so so like it's such a man set. It's so manly. I was telling, <laughs> I was telling you, Michaels. I was like, this is just a, this is a. This is a real testosterone fest this set because you know they're doing pranks all the time. They're like roughhousing. They're like, uh, and they're big men. Yes. Oh my gosh, they're really tall. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. how tall they are. I think Jared just picked me up with one finger. It was ridiculous. So, uh, so yeah, it was crazy because I'm not really around guys like that. So I was, I was a little bit like, whoa, how do I fit in here? I'm swimming against the tide of manliness. Um, but the good thing is I'm kind of a smart ass, just like Charlie is. So, and the fact that her character kind of goes toe to toe with them and and, tr- and treats herself as their equal, like allowed me to kind of uh, be brave and, and and be confident. And like, uh, it was actually really fun talking to them because they're so 
interesting. And you know, the the reason why one of the reasons why I think I've written so heavy in this episode is because um Jared has was supposed to have a baby like right when the episode was supposed to be um happening. Uh-huh. Ironically, the baby did not come until later in the second episode, but they actually expected the baby to come during my shooting, and that's why I'm in so many scenes, I think. So, um, you know, it was kind of interesting. Like, he kept looking at his phone. I'm like, is he nervous? And they were like, no, he's about to have a baby, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was it was fun. They're just really, they're really awesome, and it was just a great, it was a great it, 10 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the projects that you have, and congratulations on Geek and Sundry. Thank you. I've had a lot of uh, new fans. They've said Supernatural sent me here. So, like, uh, it's actually been really interesting. I've always been really supported uh, by the Whedonverse and the Whedon um, fandom. But, I, you know, I didn't I, – I, I wasn't surprised, but I was just, like, overwhelmed by, like, the Supernatural community. It's so similar in that um, – so welcoming mm-hmm. and so – uh, supportive and like it's such a gift to be uh, that people are saying welcome to the family um, and mm-hmm. I don't know that's like I that's why I love shows like this this is why I only want to do shows like this because the mm-hmm. fans care in a way that's so much deeper than if you were like on a random Law and Order or something there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that job but like I'd rather have a war, a place that makes you feel like you can create a home uh, around a mm-hmm. show and like you know in the shows that I create that's like something that I love doing and you know, with every show I create in the future, hopefully I have that a little bit. So I just want to, I want to just tell the fans I, I really appreciate it. And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that you like, you know, I, I'm glad I lived up to your show, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call it the supernatural family. And, and so once you're in the family, um, you never, you never leave. You know, you always have uh, the fans support and they'll, they'll always like look out for your projects and love to see you at conventions. And so, you know, once you're in the, Supernatural family, um, you're in. Yeah, so, no, awesome. I know. It's so awesome to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, just a different family. So I'll, I guess I'll meet mm-hmm. a lot more people around when I go to conventions this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's uh, there's also just specifically Supernatural conventions. Um, creation does them in America, and there's a bunch um, in Europe and England. Uh, there's one in Rome, Justin Bello, going on right now. So hopefully, like, uh, Creation will invite you to some here. And actually, they do Vancouver as well, Canada. So oh, I, yeah. I, I I sure hope they're, like, you know, like dialing your you or your agent or email. <laughs> I guess we'll see, yeah. No, I guess we'll see. I mean, it'd be cool. I always like to, you know, I have a, I, I do, I, I get a lot of invitations to places, and I always feel like, um, I disappoint people cause when I can't go to every one of them. But uh, mm-hmm. what, I, what I like to do is I like to go to different places so I can make sure that I uh, I can uh, hit, like, geographically. Uh, I'm trying to get an Australian trip uh, arranged for later this year, and I'm, I'm going to FedCon next month. Um, I was about to ask you if you were doing VidCon. Yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing Invasion, which is a London smaller convention, which is – with uh with uh with a lot of Buffy people I think and a couple of my guild members, um that'll be like the first week of May and then I'm going to FedCon after that which I've been mm-hmm. meaning to go three years in a row and I've had to cancel twice and I was like no matter what I'm going because, um you know it's something I've always looked forward to and I I just was like no work can cancel this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited. There's, a, there's an Australian supernatural convention if they're still doing it called All Hell Breaks Loose. Oh yeah. And 
Yeah, and uh, anybody from there is listening, we have our Australian <laughs> listeners and want to invite Felicia. And also, everybody, our listeners, start tweeting uh, creation entertainment to get Felicia as a guest. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, I have a couple of shows in November, uh, October, November, December. I just have to decide when I can go down to Australia. That's going to be, like, amazing. That's another one I'm like, I don't care what offer or, like, what, what, what I should be doing. I'm going to go because they're only, you know, there's only so much time in this world. You have to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you can't always be working, which my body has been telling me lately, <laughs> by making me sick. You need to stop working. <laughs> um, well, being that you're so, um, like, you, the YouTube community is your thing, um, and being a YouTuber is pretty much a 24-hour job. So I can see where you get run down. Yeah, no, it's been very, you know, I haven't been on YouTube for several years. We launched the Guild in 2007 on YouTube, and it was an amazing year. And then we moved to Xbox and MSN um, for four seasons. And then we uh, just started launching this new channel, Geek and Sundry, uh, in, on April 1st, or April 2nd, we launched. So we, But we've been working on it since October, pretty much, you know, shooting a whole year's worth of content. So... Yeah, it is. I have a weekly show I do, and, and it is a little bit more work than I thought it would be, but um, we're able to kind of bring in a couple of people uh, to be able to help us run the shows. And, and the cool thing about you doing stuff on that is that I could see people's reactions. So if something doesn't do really well, I'm like, well, I guess I won't do that again. And and uh, and we have a whole year of content we're doing. So I've never done you know that before. Uh, so I'm learning to balance it out, and it just launched, I think, kind of drained me. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about some of the work we're doing, and, and I hope people are enjoying the shows. And I also saw you listed for uh, doing voice, did voice work for The Annoying Orange. Yeah, do you watch that show? Yes. And um, I also saw that you were listed in the Fine Bros uh, new uh, My Music show. You were listed for that. Yeah, I'm actually, that's really funny you saw that. <laughs> I'm actually going to be on um, tomorrow's show uh, on Sunday. It, yeah, tomorrow I have a, a guest star. It's just one episode I did. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I did it because I wear this crazy goth outfit, which I've never been able to wear before. Um, so I play Gorgal, this uh, Norwegian. And I was like, can I do the worst Norwegian accent ever and can I wear a wig? And they were like, yes to both. So I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> So I'm doing an episode of that, and, and yes, I um, actually, The Annoying Orange, I'll be doing uh, the TV show. They have a TV show coming out next month. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I'm playing a couple roles on that, which is really fun. I, I've known Dane for years, who who does Annoying Orange, and to see him, you know, uh, he first started his episodes, and, like, millions of people watch his show. Like, more people watch his show than people watch real, you know, like, big network TV shows. So yeah, I'm so happy for him. I'm, yeah, I'm so happy for him. Uh, and I saw, um, I think you're going to, on um, for Geek and Sundry, you're going to have Freddie W. on uh, for the tabletop? Yeah, we are. You know, it was really important to me. You know, YouTube is, is uh, I think that people, with, with these original channels, YouTube, you know, kind of funded a, a hundred of them, and we are one of them. And it was really important to me that knowing that I was going to come back to YouTube in a big way, that I tried to reach out to people in the YouTube community and, and, and let them know that I uh, appreciate the, what they do because they, in a sense, are all about their community and listening to their fans and, and being one, st- you know, click away from them. And and I wanted to not only emulate them but involve them and and hopefully I can cross promote their work. And obviously somebody like Freddie or Dane, like they're the top of the heap, and I'm just so honored that they would involve themselves. So Freddie and Ryan Higa are going to be in uh, next week's Tabletop, which is an amazing episode. And throughout the year, we have a lot of other YouTube people. 
Um, uh, Ryan Higa, uh, too? Huh? You're gonna have Ryan Higa too. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan and Freddie are on the same episode. So next week they're playing three um, small games, and it's uh, Rod Roddenberry and Will Wheaton and Ryan Higa and Freddie Wong. So that I think that episode is gonna be crazy. And uh, I've known Freddie for a while, actually. I've met him. Um, uh, we were, you know, I always in his uh, his partner Brandon, and uh, they're 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 just so cool because they're literally making like, you know, Hollywood level videos yeah. in in their in their compound. Yeah. So yeah, he and then, you know, my friend Kev Jumba is coming on the flog and we're gonna learn how to swing dance together in a couple of weeks and uh throughout the year I'm just gonna be doing some random stuff. I'm going to VidCon, which is the YouTube convention. So, you know, it's 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 quite a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot, but it's like really fun because yeah, like you're like you're right. Like you could just be spontaneous in a way that you can't really be uh when you have a bigger crew and stuff. I think it's really neat what what you and all of them are doing on YouTube as far as, you know, the new generation of airport television. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we're making high like half hour shows on my channel and you know, my show is, you know, like seven to ten minutes a week and it's not easy to do that amount of content. Like on Supernatural, you know, it's it's you can't really do scripted content like that. Like 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 even the guild requires six months of prep just to, you know, uh-huh. do the epi- you know, do do the season and we have a very small crew. We we shoot like ten pages a day on the guild and Supernatural I think they did like four to six or something, maybe even three sometimes. So the pace that you can, you know, shoot on, on a on a network show is so much slower but that's why everything looks prettier and you, you get you know, sometimes you don't have to settle for a performance. You can, like, sit there and refine it, and the lighting looks really great. And, you know, it's just a different set of rules when you get into scripted. And, like, my heart lies in, in that area more, uh, you know, with, with doing the Guild. I, I love doing scripted. I love to give actors words and have them say them and, and make them come bring them life in a way that I didn't even imagine on my um, when I wrote it on the page. Um, but at the same time, you know, that wasn't what we could do on this initiative uh, channel. But what I did was I, I picked a bunch of shows that I thought, hey, let's celebrate, you know, uh, things that people don't normally celebrate, like tabletop games or, you know, doing strange hobbies or, or a book club, a science fiction book club. And, and let's and let's you know bring comics into motion. Like let's do things that people aren't doing that celebrate things that people love in a way that they aren't used to. So uh, and then hopefully you know as if we get enough support over the year, then we can make more shows and maybe add more scripted stuff. Because I want to do something where we have a spaceship set one day. <laughs> That's my my like dream. <laughs> so one day we'll cross our fingers for you. Thank you. <laughs> Going back yeah, to yeah. Oh, did, okay, going back to supernatural for a minute. Um, one of uh, I think one of the best moments in the episode last night. You um, you said the the line um, kick it, you were going to kick it in the ass. Um, that which was uh, fa- uh, saying that the late great um, director Kim Manners for Supernatural that was his saying. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know the, Did you know the significance of that line when you said it? You know that's really funny because. Um, Pardon me. Um, uh, the, the actual scripted line uh, was, I'm going to kick ass. Um, and then on the last take, Johnny Mac came up to me and he was like, um, so we're going to change the line. You're going to be kicking it in the ass. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Why, why would I say that? And he's like, well, it's just for us. It might not make the cut, but it's it's somebody somebody we love used to say that who's since left us. 
And I was uh-huh. like, oh, so that's all I knew. So I actually didn't get the context of it until I saw you guys tweeting about it um, and saying, oh, my gosh, that's <coughs> from Curanners. And uh, so I was uh, I was actually more touched that, that, actually, that they kept that in the cut because they had alts where I didn't say that. And it's it, it, that's kind of beautiful to me. Yeah. Was it, like, that was, yeah, he's he's been, been missed, and they've 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 used the line. I know um, a couple of previous times in the show, just as a tribute to him. But it was great hearing you saying it last night. Yeah, no, I uh, I I knew that it had some significance. I'm really cool. It's cool to learn, you know, that it actually was a tribute to somebody who obviously meant a lot to people. Because after I said mm-hmm. it, there was kind of like this quiet moment. So. Um. Yeah, he's been gone at least a couple of years now, and 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 they they haven't ever forgotten him. None of us have. I he was a great supernatural director, but he used to direct X Files, and it goes back even farther from there. And he was really cool, and um, he he said it's a, you. What was it you? You've got to be with these people all day and all night working them. You may as well all just get along and just re- relax and he was always so helpful and he was always there for all of them not just as at work but on a personal level sometimes too so yeah you got a uh, um, you got a great line to say and a great tribute to do and it was very cool that they asked you to do it as as well so they must yeah no I'm very honored and you could tell that like they I ask a lot of the people who work on the set like how long have you worked on the show and I would I an astonishing number of people like have been there since the beginning or like very close to the beginning because usually on film sets people have come and they've gone and they go to different sets and they move on and like it definitely felt like everybody knows how everybody works the DP is the same and they they have like unspoken shorthand between each other and and there's just a general air on the set that people enjoy their job and like it's it's very hard. You're working with people like you know 15 hours a day. Like it's very it's not easy. It's not glamorous and it's not you know necessarily um, fun all the time. But if you can enjoy it, you know it becomes a family to you. And every good set that I've been on feels like a family. And uh, and and that comes from the top down. Really, it's it, it's established mm-hmm. by the the director, by the mm-hmm. showrunner, by the the lead stars. And and you can kind of tell when you go on a set that's not quite 100 percent working. It's usually uh, because of something like that, but this is like this was such a family uh, feeling, and and I felt very welcome, and uh, yeah, so I was I'm definitely honored to have been able to deliver that line. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What was your favorite thing to shoot? My favorite thing was, well, that's a good question. I really enjoyed that scene where I was flirting with the guard just because there were so many layers to it. Um, and uh, breaking in like that was just, it was just a real treat. Like, because, you know, I don't i don't often do things that are brave in my work. Uh, and to be able to get this this, uh, this character who has sort of a center, to, a very firm center to her and then, uh, and then be able to be brave in, 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 in all these circumstances, which would kind of freak out me as a person. Uh, I don't think I would have been as brave or as collected as Charlie. Um, but I think that her confidence comes from her expertise. Like, she's so good at what she does, and she knows it. Not in an arrogant way, but she just owns it. She she is not she's not shy to say that, yes, I'm very good at this. Um, and I think that, that when, you're, when you're really good at something like that, um, 
then you have that kind of inner confidence that you can channel and, and sort of anchors you through, throughout the the terrible thing. So um, that was just a really fun scene, and the timing was really fun to be able to deliver. Um, yeah, I think that was probably my fun, fun. Although the scene where the guys break in and, and you know they're just getting to know me, that was that was a fun scene. But at the same time, kind of it was fun in that I was like, oh my gosh, this is a five page scene, and all I do is talk the whole time. And it's you know, but the guys were there, and they, they like having them be so like present in the scene really made it seem like we were not even acting in a way. So I really, you know, when you're working with actors who are really good, you forget you're acting sometimes, and you just kind of, you forget, like, oh, my gosh, this is my next line, and I need to look here, and I need to move the computer here, and I need to open the computer at 70 degrees versus 90 degrees. I mean, literally, this is what every actor has to go through when they're in a scene. But if you are able to throw all that out and just kind of be, um, it's challenging, but it's it's also, like, what, why you do act, why you do it, because that thrill, like, oh, my gosh, I was really there. And so... um you know, with with the guys in that scene, I think that I felt that, you know, many times that we were just kind of, I'm meeting these guys for the first time and, and, and I'm willing to, you know, throw in with them because I want to, you know, help help them out. Mm-hmm. So you did try and whack Sam with a sword. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, and that was terrible because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hurt you. And then I was like, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. <laughs> It went from, oh, my gosh, are you all right? But to, like, I'm going to whack the heck out of your arm. Because it's like a steel ribbon anyway. It's not, like, going anywhere. (laughs) Was there, speaking of these funny little moments, was there anything that you shot that maybe didn't make it on screen that um, either, you know, too long for – for timing, or maybe just because it was silly, might make the gag reel. Um, I don't know that there was any. There was actually more in there. You know, when they first sit down at the at the table, um, uh, at the end of that scene where I meet them, like uh, when uh, when Dean comes over and says, "Do you have a Bluetooth?" I was like, "Yep." That was not scripted. Like none of that was actually scripted. So Johnny Wack was like, "Hey, just make up some stuff that sound, you know, make up some stuff here that you would be plotting." Um, so uh, we actually, you know, they used almost all the usable improv there. But, like, when we started uh, going on and on, we'd be like, do you have an IP address? Yes, I have an IP address. What's an IP address? Six 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 six. And we started actually just, like, doing – the guys were just doing ridiculous improv. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know, just really funny, really funny, uh, really funny, like, fake tech talk. So I don't know. Maybe they'll keep that for the gag reel. It's pretty funny, but – uh, no, no, no. Most of it ended up on screen. I have to say that um, even though it was a, it was uh, it seemed like a, a long script. I guess uh, it was cu- it was cut in in a really cool, fast, stylistic way. So it probably helped them out a little bit. Bardic Voice on Twitter says she wants to ask a shallow end of the pool question. She wants to know how much fun was it to get scooped up and carried by Jared? Well, I've gotten that question a lot on Twitter. I don't know. Uh, I was it was th- thrown off how many people are asking me how was it. <laughs> I mean, I have to say it was not bad. I'm not picked up by really large, strong men very often. Uh, I read a lot of romance novels just for fun. So, uh, I mean, I can imagine it was kind of like that would be from a scene like that. So now I can, I can imagine those covers better because they're always kind of like holding the ladies in a weird way. But, like, I guess... <laughs> And I always said, hey, this is totally impractical. But really, if you have a guy that strong, he can hold you however he wants, and it's fine. <laughs> so 
he really, and he was running with me, and I'm not, like, particularly light. I'm, like, you know, I'm not the skinniest chick, so, uh, but he acted like it was nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's fun to be that tall, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny because Jensen's the short one at six one. <laughs> I know. You forget how tall he is and uh, because Jared's so tall. But, like, yeah, Jensen's really tall, and he ha- is intimidating as well. So when they're side by side, it's like there's not enough room left. We were in an atrium, and I was like, you guys are crowding me. <laughs> <laughs> Gently Mad on Twitter wants to know, if you could play the part of one of the brothers, would you rather be Dean or Sam? I think Dean because he's more, a little more of a smartass, and I think that's one of my qualities, that I like to I, I like to give one-liners like that. So that's just my opinion. I might be a little quippier. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a lot of people wanted to know um, when you were typing um, – were you actually typing things, or were you just, you know, doing any, just typing anything? Um, good question. Uh, that was actually a program because I can't type quite that fast, especially, you know, that was a lot of uh, like machine language. Like that's like some deep, you know, it's very, very uh, base language that you have to know really well to be able to type that fast. So what I did was I, I looked at, you know, after several takes, I got a little bit closer. Because I didn't want somebody to look and see, hey, she's not typing. But um, when I knew that they weren't, you know, on my hands, I usually just do do boobs over over and over. Boobs, boobs, boobs. Felicia Day boobs. <laughs> That's a, it's like an in joke, you know. If you look at the vlog, sometimes I just go boobs on the typewriter. <laughs> one person ever, ever, ever pointed at it. it was like one person. But just because that one guy did it, I just keep doing it just as a joke. <laughs> so I, I attempted it sometimes, but sometimes uh, I would not actually type. But I'm a pretty good typer anyway. I actually type like a pterodactyl. I only use three fingers on each hand, but I, I type really fast like that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and your the computer screen, um, you know, we I mean, we know most of that was probably added in post by Ivan Hayden and the visual effects crew. So what were you actually looking at when you were filming? Um, actually, most of that stuff was on the computer screen. There was a guy um, off screen who we would coordinate. We would rehearse together. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to press enter right here, and then that, and then he would tell me, okay, when I, when you press enter, this is going to come up, and it'll screen, it'll scroll on this one, and then press enter again to open the cursor. So we actually were choreographed together to kind of t- step through through all that, um, all those screens. Um, they would they actually enhance some of them and, and pop them out. But in general, every single screen matched what I actually was doing. So I had that extra coordination to um, coordinate. Uh, but it was actually fun because rather than acting to a green screen, I was able to see what I was reacting to. So when I read what the frack is a Leviathan, I was actually looking at that particular screen. Oh, cool. Yeah, that it was cool. Really cool. Really cool. And the the... The last scene when Charlie's about to get on the bus, you're wearing a great pair of glasses. I just <laughs> love them. Thank you. You know, um, those are my glasses. <laughs> I was going to ask, are those your glasses? Cause, because they're fantastic. They look, those are they my look real glasses. I, actually, I wore them to the fitting, and I was like, hey, Johnny, can I wear these for the whole episode? And he's like, I don't think we could do that. Um, 
it might be too complicated with doing stunts and there might be glare, but hey, why don't you wear them in the last scene? And I guess, uh, so those are actually my glasses and they are prescription. So um, it was kind of fun to be able to see during a take. <laughs> uh, it was so cold. It was so cold during that scene that I could barely get the Vulcan thing off. Uh, I know that I missed a couple takes up because I would hold my hand up and my fingers wouldn't move because it was extremely cold in Vancouver when I was uh, shooting. And I'm not. I'm not very good with the cold. There was a study that just came out that said redheads are not good with the cold or pain. And I'm. I'm like that's why because I am a wood. Ah. So uh, my hand froze a little bit. I had to, so so basically when they were in the close up, I just kind of prepped my hand and I brought it up because I was like, I'm not going to mess this up. Nobody on the internet is going to say I didn't do a proper Vulcan salute. <laughs> Very important. Yeah, yeah. But the, so the glasses look two tone. Are they like? They, they are. They're purple color. and green. Um, I'm looking at them right now. They're very dirty too. Uh, yes, I got oh. them from I got them from C Eyewear, which um, is a really cool place in LA that. They have very reasonable priced glasses, and uh, I uh, I went. They have some really quirky, crazy ones, but those I just wanted them so badly. They came on the flyer, and I went with a coupon, and I was like, I want these. Is that the store called C S E E? And they're like a, a yeah. little funky store. Yeah, oh, they're I, really funky. They have like the, the art art teacher glasses that are way too crazy to pull uh-huh. off, but like some of them are just crazy enough to be distinctive. And I've I've got my glasses from there forever. Um, there's a, that store's across the street from where I work. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, go and see I, if they still have these glasses. I got them like last year, but I'm sure they still have them. Yeah, I'm gonna go look. <coughs> Very cool. Speaking of that last scene, um, Charlie mentioned that sh- that wasn't the first time that she would have to disappear. Did you kind of make make up like your own little backstory about why maybe she may b- have disappeared before? Yeah, I definitely. Um, I definitely I didn't I didn't pick anything too concrete because I've actually had a situation where I did an episode I didn't expect to come back and then they brought me back and had a whole different backstory which kind of threw me because I was so solid in my other backstory but um I did imagine that Charlie had been um wanted like like I imagined that Charlie had gotten convicted of some hacking crime because she is too way too good um to have not gotten in trouble with it, you know? And she's she's like a cat. I think she's really curious. And she's she. I could see her being like one of those anonymous hackers, like hacking into a bank and like exposing their, uh, their um, secrets. So in my mind that she, during college, probably uh, used the college facilities and, and broke into some big conglomerate and had to kind of go underground in order to avoid getting, you know, thrown in jail. So, um, and to me, like, I read a lot of those, Articles on the on on the hackers and and what they're doing, uh, so that was kind of grounded that that in that sort of mystery. But the cool thing is they they don't even mention that until the end, which is neat. Cause, so she has this sort of mystery mm-hmm. that you never know about. Uh, but we'll see. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what the writer had in mind. So I just kept it vague, kind of like that. Yeah, but it was a nice yeah. little twist at the end that she's not as clean as you think she is. Like yes. No, no, I like the idea that she does have this secret backstory and she's able to kind of cover her tracks in a way that the guys wouldn't underestimate. And I do like that idea. You know, these these guys, I know that their history is like they've – a lot of women have fallen, <laughs> by, you know, under under the, the supernatural gun in a way. And, 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 like, I think, you know, not to generalize, but, like, they're very charismatic and I could see that every woman probably, no matter how, what her age is, could be a love to interest for these guys – but they deliberately crafted Charlie so she would not be succumb to their wiles. So mm-hmm. 
or and give them attitude, and so they they have no chance to score with her, which I think is a really mm-hmm. fun dynamic. So, and I love that line where he they're like, "That's a sister I never wanted." Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really fun, and it's a fun dynamic that maybe they haven't encountered as very often. So uh, mm-hmm. to have her like one up them at the end was kind of like a like a victory dance in a sense. Um, to say like, okay, you guys usually swoop in are the heroes, but you're not. You're not really needed in this situation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Artie Cliff on Twitter desperately wants to know if you have ever actually played um, Dungeons & Dragons, and if so, which edition and what was your character? Um, yeah, I actually had a game that I played for two and a half years. Um, I played 3.5 for like a year and a half, and I had a sorcerer, um, fire sorcerer. Her name was Jocelyn, and she was really uppity and very um, flirty, but like really intolerant and dumb. So she had a really low intelligence because if you're a uh, if you're a sorcerer, you don't have to. It's, it's all charisma based. So she's very charismatic and very dumb. So I would always like throw her into the middle of the, of of, uh, of a fight, like deliberately, even though it was like not smart. That's what she'd do, and she was always like messing up the party because she wanted to get new clothes and stuff. Uh, so that was my <laughs> first character. And then my second one, we we started playing 4.0 when it first came out. And I had a kind of – I always play a uh, magic user, so I played a wizard. Um, uh, and uh, that character was named Lyra. And she was, like, very introverted and, like, more of a shy character. But she was really high on skills. So she um, she had all the feats that, that gave her extra languages. So she was the kind of girl that you go to town and she'd be able to research history or ling- or translate a scroll or – you know, tell you about the lore of some something. So I kind of liked having all those skills to be able to roll with. So I haven't played in a while, unfortunately. My my game broke up, and I just don't have time now. But I would love to go back in and and uh, and I heard that making some really cool changes for the next edition. So I can't wait for that. Cat Nance on Twitter. She um she said, please tell Felicia thank you for the guild for Geek and Sundry and for being an enviable role model. Well, thank you so much. That's really cool. Uh, I love hearing stuff like that, you know. Um, it, it definitely keeps me going. I could definitely have made an effort to go and just, you know, do TV and uh, be a regular on a series and it would be a much easier life for me, I think. But uh, I, I really I really love the fact that people say, you know, tell me, you know, I started writing a book because of you or I started my web series and, to me, that's more inspiring because I'm helping other people with their lives and, and inspiring their creativity to to be more out there. And I don't know, maybe one day I'll do more TV. And, and but but knowing that I've I've always had this legacy that people can look to and maybe be inspired to do their own stuff, uh, no matter what the barriers are. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I I think what you do as far as like for females to for it to be okay for us to be that nerdy, that geeky, that into things like D&D, Magic the Gathering, and not feel like we have to hide it. And I, I personally really appreciate that you're there as, as somebody to, to show that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I mean, I, you know, a lot uh, – I think the cool thing is that it's always been my goal to be like, okay, guys, listen, if you're into these geeky things – you need to find ladies who are into geeky things too. Like this is, you know, to have it be acceptable for women to love these things more is going to make, you know, I think geekdom so much more well-rounded and, and make people, you know, happier. I think especially with gaming, like the perception has been this girl who's sitting in a bikini with big boobs playing. And like years ago, that was like, 
you're synonymous with gaming and now it's like you have a perception that like normal girls can play games and like hot, you know it's hot to be a geek in a sense I feel like that's that shift in perception that you you don't have to be this cliche of a bikini girl to to game. I think is really important, and I'm glad that I've been a part of that transformation because I hope hopefully it encourages other women to game, in in a way without with without them feeling intimidated to try, you know. Mm-hmm. You are definitely in a man's world with that, and it's, you have to establish yourself. Yeah. And I just have to ask, you know. You were a slayer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. Mm-hmm. All of our, all of us on the podcast, it's one of our favorite shows. Can you just tell us a little bit about be, working on Buffy? I mean, yeah, Buffy was amazing. It was my first job where I was like on a TV series, regular, you know, on a regular basis almost. Uh, I, I uh, and and it was. I mean, I didn't even realize what an awesome experience it was until I look back um, because I was having so much fun doing it. I didn't realize, like, this is something you should savor every minute of. Uh, you know, I, I just remember that first time that Spike grabbed me and I, like, in the graveyard and I had this, like, rubber stake and I'm like, we're having so much fun right now. I don't know how how this is work. Um, I, there was something really special about that show, you know, every, on every level and, and I was there f- for the end of it in a way, so it was a little bit more sad experience than maybe people who had experienced the show earlier, but to me it'll always be an inspiration and, and something that, you know, I'd love to one day be a part of creating anything that even has a glimmer of, of the spirit that Buffy did because it was so unique in a way, it, it really it, it, it kind of crossed genres in a way and, and uh and created a family, um, and uh, I think that that is almost unsurpassed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just being working with Joss is kind of the one thing that I think that my my career will always have hi- been highlighted by. He's so amazing, and the fact that he he ever wanted to work with me more than once is like kind of blows my mind even to this day. So, um, uh, yeah, no, it's been a privilege, and I I definitely would not have be where I am today without doing that that part of Vi, and, and we had a great time doing it, except for that dumb hat they made me wear. I hated that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid hat. It was my own fault. I wore it to a fitting. They were like, you're going to wear that. I was like, no, stop it. And I, I recently did a rewatch for Dollhouse, and I've my obsession with that show has just come come completely back. Um, when you filmed the um, season finale of the first season and then Fox didn't air it, um, you know, what, what did you think about that? You know, the whole thing with me getting involved in that show was a whirlwind. It was just kind of crazy because I didn't, you know, Joss called me the, like the day before and was like, do you want to be on the show? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I literally went to work that next day and I had barely read the script. I didn't even know my lines because there was so little time to adapt. Um, so I guess I had an actress drop out or move to another episode and they needed somebody. Um, and so I didn't even know it was um, going to be only for the DVD until like halfway through filming. And it was kind of like, whoa, this is weird. But um, it was such a good I, – I, the, 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 the episode is so good. And I just feel like it's it's just kind of a tragedy. Even if I hadn't been in the episode, I would have been like, this is an amazing, amazing piece of work. Because in less than an hour, they've created a whole new world that I would want to watch for seasons – seasons to come and I think the real sadness is that Joss and the writers staff wanted to do more with that world starting in season two actually some of the scenes that I shot for the very 
season finale, the, the end of season two, which was the last episode they ever did, um, some of those scenes were actually shot for the opening episode. They wanted to like flash back and forth between the future and the past. And I think had they allowed him to do that, it would have been an amazing season. And uh, and it might, you know, who knows, might have gone farther. Uh, I just think, uh, yeah, he created a, a zombie electro, you know, a technology zombie world that I think is so incredibly interesting. And if you read some of the comics that came afterwards, um, they've done some really cool things with with that world building and, and built it out a little bit more, and in a way that you kind of wish to be able to see on the screen. So. You know, it's just what it is. This is a business, and it's not just uh, art. And uh, sometimes they don't meet in the middle. It was definitely uh, under, you know, it was an underrated show. It was an amazing show, and I wish Fox had, you know, let Joss do it the way he wanted to do it. Yeah, but um, that's why I kind of stay in web video, because there's not enough money here for people to tell me what to do. I guess I might not be able to make a bigger show as I want, I might not have enough money to make the, have enough crew that I want, but uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of sad to see somebody that talented not be able to do what he what he knows the fans want and like build something that you can't build otherwise. But I don't know. That's why uh, that's that's just what it is. That's just something you have to accept when you when you mm-hmm. do something that's that you know you need other people to pay for on that level. Well, now that he's done the Avengers, I. I think he might have an even bigger foundation if he ever decides to do a TV series. Yeah, I feel like maybe they'll let him do whatever he wants now, which is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of Joss and the freedom of web production, how did you end up getting involved with uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Yeah, I uh, actually met – he was on the writer's strike line, and he actually mentioned to me he'd seen my show, which surprised me, but I sent emails to everybody – bothering them about it, but I never expected to watch it. And he was like, I want to do an Internet thing. And I was like, that's cool. So then five months later, he just asked me if I could sing, and I was in the thing. So uh, it was crazy. So, But it was, like like I said, like that for for me, like of everything I've ever done, that will always be a highlight of my life because he's for him to, like, rough it in a, in a sense and do something experimental that might not have succeeded at all, like it's just the mark of, like, a creative genius in a way that, you'd risk that, you'd risk your reputation, you'd call your friends. And and when I was on set, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Like, there was just this feeling that, that this was going to take over the world in a way. But we were all just having so much fun. And, like, when problems came up, like, everybody just solved them. Not And nobody was telling anybody what to do. So um, I'm so excited for him to, you know, I mean, he's got so many projects in the works, and I can't wait for the world to see him. I'm sure they're going to be completely awesome. Mm. You okay? Yeah, sorry. I've been really sick, and I haven't actually talked this much for a while. <laughs> oh, dear. So if you have a couple more questions, I could do those, and then I might go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, another question. No, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, okay, um, someone on Twitter, let's see, uh, Met- Metro Super Friends. Wanted to know what is the hardest thing that you had to do on the set of Supernatural. I think that um, the hardest thing I had to do was um, stay up so late. There were some crazy hours, so I flew in and immediately we we worked on a Sunday and it was like a fourteen hour day. And then um, toward the end of the week, um, 
we started working nights, and then we backed up and did days again. So I was, uh, it was, it was just really long hours, and and they actually told me it was the hardest, the worst hours of any episode they've ever done. I think. So just because of some of the constraints and tried to shoot around um, locations and the baby coming and all that stuff, and um, so so it was just a really rough schedule um, in a way. But uh, other than that, like it was it was just really fun, you know. I had to ride in that elevator probably 80 million times, though. So, so I guess that kind of made me almost seasick going up and down the elevator so much. <laughs> I'm looking here for another good question. Um, let's see. Um, someone says, when doing a one-off role like this, this is from Mezbets on Twitter, do you base it on another character that you've seen or portrayed? Um, no, I always try to make every character their own. I uh, I know that people, off, they were like, oh, why, you're always quirky. And I'm like, well, <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, in a way that I, I feel like Charlie is a little bit different than the, the roles that I usually play. Um, at the same time, there's certainly my essence is in every role. Um, but I think that Charlie, you know, I, I always try to just tailor her to the situation more. And, and just given her skill level and kind of the mystery of her past and the fact that she isn't into guys and, and, and has this sort of confidence about her that doesn't equal anything I've ever done, it was kind of fun to just create her as I went along. Um, so I don't, I don't try to like analyze it. I just try to get a good feeling, um, in a way that I feel organic to a scene, like I'm not acting. So, and it, and for, for Charlie, it actually was, you know, it was very fun to kind of let myself be her in a way. And then my first, my last question I have, um, you've been on so many great shows. Is there a show that you'd like to be on, but you haven't been on yet? Oh wow. Um yes, there there's a lot of shows I'd like to be. Well, you know, I'd really love to be on Fringe before they end, but I don't know if that's going to happen because they're already shooting their last season. I really love that show. The lore is so strong in that and uh and I'd really like to be on um The Office, but I guess that probably isn't happening because they're ending too. So <laughs> I guess the shows that I want to be on, it's not appropriate for me to be on them. Like Game of Thrones, I'm not British, so that's not going to happen. True Blood, I'm not going to get naked, so that's not going to happen. So there are all these barriers. What about about the Big Bang Theory? You know, everybody always asks me that, and since I know Bill Prady and I know all the guys over there, like it's weird for me to say that because then it's kind of awkward if they ever hear, like, oh, now it's going to be awkward, you want to be on the show. So I try to avoid that, like, I always would love to, I would love if they had a role that was right for me to be on there, but I feel like so many people bring it up all the time. I don't want them to feel pressured. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, I brought it up, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, it's okay. I would love to be on that show. It would be really fun if something came up, and if not, I'm still – Bill Prady came on my show. He's going to be on Tabletop later this year, so there you go. We were actually in an episode together, so at least we were, you know, one foot like that. One foot of that got satisfied. Mm-hmm. We will let you go rest. Okay, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But thank you for having me on and being um, the great. I mean, and again, thank you to the Supernatural fans. Like I've never, I've I feel so welcomed and uh, and uh, and love seeing you guys comment. Like, hey, I found your stuff because I've never heard of you. So that's like mm-hmm. pretty cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So 
Thank you for letting me be a part of your family. And if we see more Charlie, that would be cool too. Yeah, Felicia, is there anything about your own projects or specific dates or, hey, don't forget to come watch or whatever you want to mention? Please um, feel free. No. You know, if you haven't subscribed, that click on the on the Geek and Sundry channel really means a lot to us. Uh, those numbers and the numbers on all our episodes will okay. uh, determine if we do more. Okay. Oh, and real quick, uh, French got renewed for 13 more seasons, 13 more episodes next season, so you still have a chance. Okay. So okay, that'd be cool. It's not. It's so cool. It's it's all cool. I I'm as a writer myself. I'm like I don't. I hate answering that question because I'm like, you just write the best episode. You can't write around uh, things that are external. But yeah, that'd be cool. I like Vancouver. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much, Felicia. Feel better. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Okay, she's a great, she's a great guest. She's a lot yeah. of fun. And I have to say, it's it's a it's a dream come true getting to talk with her. She's just a, an amazing person. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much a life mate situation right there. Like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> I know it was so wonderful, and I so appreciate her. Well, we we all appreciate her coming on when she wasn't feeling well and and hanging for. Well over an hour, we really, really appreciate that. Just so great. So, um, was there anything y'all you all wanted to talk about about the episode that we, um, you know, that we didn't get to talk about with Felicia? Um, since I haven't been able to do the last couple of podcasts, and you guys know how I felt about Bobby coming back. Um. What do you guys think about Bobby coming back? I'm personally well, glad. I, I'll take Bobby Singer any way that we can get him. <laughs> you know, I know that Death Store was such an emotional and such a good episode, but I missed him so much, and I'm glad he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how much I had like missed missed what Jim Beaver and Bobby bring until he was gone, and then came back, and I was like. Oh, my goodness, I, I really do. But I, I also understand when Dean says, you know, what are the odds this will end well? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely on Dean's side with that. But um, it's interesting to me that as much as I love Jim, and I do, I adore Jim, and I adore Bobby, this is a different Bobby that we're getting, and the interaction is so different between mm-hmm. Bobby and the boys, where it's almost like the trust is gone. And uh, it makes it really difficult to watch, like, emotionally. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It is it is very different, but Bobby's on the show, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was really interesting because um, – Bobby, Ghost Bobby's been saying to Sam and Dean all along, you know, what, you think I can't handle it? You know, I still got a job to do. And then and then there he was with with Charlie and Dick and trying to get himself to focus only on Charlie. And, and eventually he, he couldn't. He went vengeful spirit mm-hmm. on Dick Roman. It's exactly what Sam and Dean were worried about, and they, and they talked about it. So, and I, I feel for them. They are so torn because they have, they have Bobby back in some form, and I totally get it. And they haven't even let themselves be happy about it for like five minutes, you know, to just appreciate being able to talk to him again. 
and they're so those they're so worried that they're going to end up hunting this this their their father basically their family. So yeah, ugh, terrible. And as much as I would love for it to work out and that they have Bobby the ghost running around in the back seat of the car and helping them out on cases, I don't see that happening. I see it ending pretty really badly because let's say yeah. this is supernatural. This is supernatural. Nothing ever ends good on this show. <laughs> No, so, it, it is going to rip scary. their heart out again in some way. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how we were also surprised to see Charlie survive the episode. We're like, wow, this is great. She survived. I'm like, I'm like shh, don't jinx it. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> we can't have her come back as a loser. <laughs> yeah, that, that could happen, too. That happens, too. You know, they come back, and then they're gone. I knew, um, it's a good goodbye. Yeah. You know, we had another sword reference in this. Um, Vinny, last week, Becky and I talked about how there's been a lot of swords this season between um, the broadsword and the katana, and there was yet a, there were two more sword references. One was, of course, um, Charlie's souvenir sword. I think it was a Lord of the Rings thing. And then um, she says, the really evil ones need a special sword. And yes, when she said that, I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also, I thought it was interesting, too, because if you, like, in, in in D&D, there's also, you have the Vorpal Sword, which is named after the Jabberwocky, the Vorpal, Vorpal Blade, but it is an actual, like, being in D&D to have the Vorpal Blade, and it's a big deal. Hmm. So for her to say that and then also have the sword earlier, I thought it was a really interesting. Like, I noticed that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, um, the sword from before, it. you know, um, the swords. And it, both Sam and Nina have been using them. They, they have a katana now. They have, a, I think, a mm-hmm. broadsword now. You know, they're just collecting them right and left. I'm like, hmm, we haven't seen them too much except um, the sword and the stone. <laughs> from before. So I don't know. Who knows? It they might be a red herring, but it it's interesting to notice that it has happened more than once. So what what do you think the big hunk of red clay is gonna turn out to be? I know. It's like some kind of artifact. You know, Dick Roman reminds me a little bit, speaking of Indiana Jones and and the Nazis looking for you know, religious artifacts all over the world and gathering them up for their magical properties. I kind of wonder if, if Dick's obviously looking for some kind of relic of some sort, maybe. I mean, the red it was a red clay square. It did have an uneven surface. I couldn't tell if it was actual, you know, pictographs or something etched in it or just it was just had an it just uneven like, surface. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if it's if it's surrounding, if there's something, if there's something in the middle of it that it's like protecting mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And they're working on curing all the diseases, and then we're supposed to. We're, well, we got a big step forward in the Leviathan um, uh, storyline. Bobby could explain all the things that he saw and read right before he was he was shot finally to them. Mm-hmm. 
and and now we know they're going to cure the diseases because of course you want your your herd of of cattle to be as healthy as possible to feed you well so you're going to cure all the diseases and and we've gotten little bits all season of what they're going to do like the turducken and at the uh, biggersons and we see what happens to the people you know they they have like ravenous hunger and and um, they get very complacent and they're they're truly like herd animals so where it's like soil and green, you know, people people are good food. So well, I thought it was also like a cool little like social commentary thing, like as far as like genetically mm-hmm. engineering, like you know the growth hormones and all those things that you know we try to stay away from or we're told to stay away from as far as mm-hmm. you know our beef, our chicken, our eggs, and all that, and to see that you know here's a being older than time doing the same thing we're doing, and it's kind of like one of those history repeats mm-hmm. kind of I think mm-hmm. it's kind of neat they're doing that. Yeah, and it's a very timely bad guy with the corporate, you know, the whole, you know, 1%, 99% and all the, mm-hmm. and then the all the all the government bailouts and and uh the BP oil uh oil rig disaster and and a lot it's very very uh, timely as they are supernatural writers, you know, they don't they aren't sitting back and and just rerunning the same old bad guys and everything. They really are reading and thinking and researching and changing things. And I think that's really cool. And and how about the commercial for Supercore? Thinking of speaking of, of these corporations. <laughs> yeah, I nearly fast forwarded it for a second. I was like, wait a minute, this is not a real commercial. No, it isn't. And I, you've got like no clue, no hint. Nobody said anything. It just kept right on going, like it was another commercial. But I, I think that's uh, going to get the important in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, me up. Has Supercorp been mentioned on the show before? That? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe, I'm maybe in one of the it. earlier Dick Roman Leviathan. Because yeah, I thought uh, you know, I was like. Hmm, this is interesting. You know that commercials. I was waiting for it to like have be mentioned, and mm-hmm. it wasn't mentioned in the episode. Yeah, it reminded me of the high fructose corn syrup commercials, where they're like, "It's just good corn. There's nothing wrong here for you. It's just right. like any other sugar." <laughs> like okay, <laughs> and um, kind of kind of interesting is when. Dean mentions Biggerson's, and he's like, yeah, we haven't been to a Biggerson's. And Bobby says, they've bought so many other places. And in last week's episode, we have in the very beginning where they're eating, like, you know, Taco Bell for all intents and purposes. And Dean says, you know, the comfort of mm-hmm. it's the same no matter what. No matter where you go, he can depend on how that being the same. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. I thought that was kind of an interesting little tie-in. Yeah, yeah episode, I, I wonder. This episode really did great on, you know, tying together little bitty things all season mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. showing, hey, we did this on purpose, you know, because this is what it means. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. Yeah. And um, I I have to I have to take issue here. I don't know who I need to take this up with, Robbie Thompson or Johnny Mac or, or Dick Roman, but when he says uh, – 
um, the the irreplaceable people are, you know, Bruce Springsteen and Eli Manning and Charlie, and you know, there's no spark in Joe Biden or Tim Tebow. Well, I highly disagree. <laughs> I I actually started with like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I, I, you know, I'll give you a Springsteen, but you know, Tim Tebow. I was a Gator. I am universal. Well, you're always a Gator. Once a Gator, always a Gator. So I have to go with Tim Tebow. But I thought it was funny, and I also thought it was interesting. Well, as far as the show goes, there's a. He says there was that spark in Charlie, and how he kept going. You know, uh, you know, I about the whole plate, and you know, I could even. I, there was he had a lot of. He's very funny, Dick Roman. You know, very very sharp sense of of nasty humor. And I like that he's he's really smart in that he wouldn't just think of Charlie as another meal. She's not just another human. And if he takes her, like her talents, and can appreciate them, there's probably others out there that he is also. That's a sign of a very smart um, uh, bad guy, criminal person, you know, to not be too so stupid as to waste, like, what could actually be a really great resource for you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I loved Sam talking Charlie into um, going forward with the plan as, like, what would Hermione do? What's your favorite character in Harry Potter? And what would Hermione do and and everything? Yeah. And I, and, liked, um, I liked that they both had a, had a moment where the other one kind of looked at them like, what are you doing? You know, for mm-hmm. Sam, it's him going into his whole Harry Potter thing. And for Dean, it's you know, him knowing basically how to pick up a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and laughing and laughing. It just and and then, and then he and Charlie both felt dirty <laughs> afterwards. I love when oh, Charlie was covering up for saying, um, stop laughing Sammy and name that as a bar and yeah. she said, Oh, you don't you don't know Stop Laughing Sammy, they're um they're bringing sexy back, which is really good for them because they kept the receipt. <laughs> I'm reading sexy back. Do you have the receipt? And we have it up at work. Since I work at a store, we have it up at work. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that Dick Roman's password was winning. Oh, that was hilarious. Don't dig it, Charlie. Yeah, of course Dick Roman is a Charlie Sheen fan. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. And how awesome was that um, Dean called Charlie Veronica Mars? One of my all time favorite shows and Guy B directed Veronica Mars and Jason Doring was on Veronica Mars. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it was all the shout outs were perfect. Mm hmm. Oh, and um I just got a kick out of when they're at the very beginning when they're talking about what's on the hard drive, you know, from Frank Devereaux. And uh, you know, it's like you're all your IDs and and uh, uh, whereabouts and blah blah blah. And where we have, you know, uh, the car hidden. And Dean's like, baby, they might know the baby. <laughs> Out of all that, of course, of course, worried about about baby. <laughs> and um, and uh, speaking, I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, speaking of Frank, I, is he alive or dead or worse? <laughs> I went with I went with dead from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying dead. No. Well. Oh, well. I like Charlie better, actually, if she could take the place of Frank. Of course, it will probably get her killed eventually, but. Right. He's certainly even better than 
been prank. Now, what what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say um, I kind of racked my brain to figure out like if there was any connection with them using the name Charlie Bradbury, because the only the only Charlie Bradbury I know of, I can even say no because I'm not a hundred percent familiar with his work, but I know some of his work. He's a visual effects artist. But he did, and it's the only reason I know who he is. He did Iron Man and, and uh, Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets. Oh. I'm sure, I'm sure well, he's done a ton of other stuff, but. Um, well, they mentioned Chamber of Secrets. She mentioned Chamber of yeah, Secrets and what, all that stuff. When she said her name again at the end, I was like, I know that name. I know that name. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought she. The only thing I could come up with was Ray Bradbury, you know, the author. Yeah, me too. I thought she'd combined, like, two different things, like Bradbury for Ray Bradbury and then Charlie for, who knows, Charlie Sheen for all we know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> but uh, but or, or some other kind of Charlie. But that's all I could think of it. But it could be special effects. Who who knows, you know, or who, who connects behind the scenes, you know, it's small world. So true. Um, yeah, I think Robbie Thompson's a keeper. He's really come up with some great scripts this season. So, yeah, he wrote Slash Fiction, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love that was one of the best ones this season so far. Yeah. Oh, but I, speaking of this season, I wanted to say there's been a lot of people tweeting that Supernatural has officially been renewed. But it actually, you know, even though all signs point to yes, it will probably be renewed. It hasn't yet. The people that are tweeting it are linking to an article that was dated April 26, 2011, about the Season 7 renewal. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of people are getting confused. I just wanted to mention that. It's not been, a, it's not, we've not been renewed yet, even though signs mm-hmm. point to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it would have been all over the place. I've seen it, like, here and there once or twice. And, like, believe me, if it was the official Season 8 news, it would have been everywhere and tweeted by all the all the, all the uh, cast and crew, like Jim Michaels and, you know, Carol Larson and everybody. We would have heard it so, from them so, or confirmed by them. We'll hear it probably through news. Yep, exactly. All the CW publicists and everybody would have tweeted about it. Yeah. Robbie Thompson wrote time after time as well, so I love him even more because he, he wrote that fantastic time travel and got Nick Lee and Jason Dorfman. <laughs> 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 I love you, Robbie. Stay. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, you don't hire a new showrunner and everything and not think you're going to continue on. So. Exactly. There's always a chance, so, you know, I'd rather people wait for it than be disappointed. But, you know, there's 99% chance, I'm sure. Well, everybody seems very, very confident. Jim Beaver tweeted that, you know, not only did he think we'd be renewed, but would even go beyond an eighth season, which is, you know, who knows, Jensen mentioned today at the convention in Rome that he would like for it to go um, to 11 seasons just so he can tell Tom Welling to suck it. 
which makes me happy because I like odd number seasons. So, like, if we get season eight, I demand a season nine. Yeah. And if we get you know, a season I, 10, I demand 11. I thought you were gonna they, you were gonna go to a Spinal Tap reference, so Jensen could say, you know, we we dialed it to eleven, <laughs> which could work too. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. Um, oh gosh. Hello. I'm going to abandon you guys. Oh, okay. I'm still in my uniform from work. <laughs> I'm starving. Oh, I know. Oh, it's so okay. Great. You went above and beyond with no food. So you, you, please, we don't want to be so, responsible for you passing out on the way to the kitchen. So <laughs> I, I just this moment hit my 24-hour mark of no food, and I'm not on a fast, so I'm going to go fix that. <laughs> yes, um, please. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you I, could join us tonight. My gosh, we missed you the past couple of weeks, so good. glad you came back tonight for us and for Felicia. <laughs> yes, I had priorities. Um, <laughs> actually, just, <laughs> yeah, thanks. It, it, the stars really lined up for that one. I, I actually didn't have to work the late shift, and we got Felicia Day. So um, I will be I will be on next week also because um, yay yay I have I work early next week so I will talk to you guys then great bye everyone go eat <laughs> good night everyone well well back just you and me yep <laughs> yep um you know we've had this caller try so many times tonight um I, they're pretty determined should we let them on maybe they have a question or sure. something sure okay okay sounds good oh, whoops. okay um caller you 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 dedicated person you i'm going to put you on the air if you're listening <laughs> uh hello hello are you still there hi we're just a radio Oh, I've been hi. holding um, a very long time. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Did yeah, you have a I question? Want, yeah, I wanted to ask you a question. Like, you know how I was going to ask this question actually for Felicia, but then she's off. I was thinking um, if just, you guys would We don't usually it. take calling questions when we have a guest, just, just so you know. It's not, it's not. It just oh, works right. a little bit better that way. Little, it's a lot to to do. Right. But, we, but thank we can, you. We can try and answer. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking, like, you know, when her characters all obsessed with dungeons and all that games, like Harry Potter and all that, is she like that in real life, or was that just her acting? She she is very into the gaming and sci-fi and. If you follow her on Twitter, you can see that she has a lot of, she mentioned a lot of it during the podcast, you know, that she has a lot of um, YouTube shows and um, blogs, and she, yeah, she's very much into the gaming and all, that whole side of things. Wow. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, she's... Hello? 
Yes, thank you. For, thank you very much for calling. We appreciate your waiting and your question. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, I'm glad we could at least answer her question. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry, but we, we do announce at the beginning if we aren't going to take call-ins. Um, but you can always tweet questions, everybody, right? If you uh, yep, if we have yep. a guest and got a question, please do. <laughs> Actually, please do tweet us <laughs> and ask questions at Winchester Bros for Twitter. And we have guests, which we've been extremely lucky this season to have lots of wonderful guests. Um, definitely tweeting questions is good. <laughs> and, um, I did want to mention also that starting on, uh, let me get this pulled up so I can say the name correctly. Starting on Monday, um, our podcast is going to be replayed on the mix on the mix radio. And so this will be our first podcast played on there. So you can follow them on Twitter at, the mix that's with two X's, M I X X Radio, and they're going to be playing our shows every Monday night. Well, that's very cool, very very cool. And I wave at them because I'm on the east coast of Florida and they're on the west coast of Florida in Tampa. So, fellow fellow Floridians, <laughs> very cool that they're supernatural fans and and like us too. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, thank you. <laughs> Um, ratings, I guess, are what they're pretty steady, right? I looked and they looked yeah. Pretty, pretty you pretty. know, the, when the ratings come out on Saturday, they always say, oh, Supernatural split the tenth of a point. But when they come back Monday, they're like, oh, but they're up to the... No, it's, we've been going between point six and point <laughs> seven all season mm-hmm. long. So it's not like it's a big deal when it drops down to point six because we're going back and forth between point six and point seven. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much... This whole season, we've pretty much stayed the same. Yeah, consistency is good, for sure. And um, we always do well with the um, DVR, three-day and Sunday right, right. and, and all that. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing good. And, of course, again, the convention is going on in Rome, Justin Bello, which I wish I was there because I do love Rome. <laughs> I oh, looked at a few... I would love to go to Rome. I just would love to go back. I've, I've been a couple of times, and I, uh, I, I wish I could tell. Like I've seen some of the pictures that, like you know, Sebastian and everybody, they've been tweeting, and I'm just dying to know like where those cafes were. Like, did I walk by there? Did I see it? <laughs> um, the big group picture of like you know Jensen and Daniil and Jason and Steve Carlson and Sandy and all that was that Trevi Fountain because I've been to Trevi Fountain but it's, yeah I believe it was part of it didn't look um, different. Steve's mom Sandy also tweeted a different picture of um, farther back where you could see the whole fountain. Oh okay I didn't see that one so yeah that's yeah Trevi Fountain it's, it's very cool but I it was so crowded I couldn't get close enough to throw a coin in because you have to throw a coin in to make sure you come back again <laughs> someday <laughs> and uh, I couldn't get close enough I was like oh well there darn. you go that's why you haven't been back it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> darn <laughs> yeah but if uh but I did have gelato like at a little re- really cool little place right next to Trevi Fountain and that was almost as good as <laughs> Trevi Fountain Oh, and it's right near the Spanish stuff. Yeah, I, I love Rome, so yeah, really, really 
cool to go to a supernatural convention in Rome. Yeah, you should definitely go, Becky. And the food is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, and um, I asked someone about if All Hell Breaks Loose convention is still uh, going, and it is. And they said that if uh, they could give me the information for the person who handles it, if we want to pass it along to Felicia. <laughs> I, I think I think the because um, I have a friend, you know, Amanda, our friend in Australia, who um, mm-hmm. she um, I think the convention's coming up in like two or three weeks, maybe though. Oh, too quick, but maybe next time if they do another one, who knows? But that would be cool. It's her dream to get there, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, start tweeting to creation so they'll invite her to a couple of creation conventions. So she's closer to home. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. At least for us. Have you been to Australia? Oh Lord no. The only time I've ever been out of the country was to Vancouver. And that feels oh. pretty much same as United States, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's cool too. But yeah, definitely Europe, Europe for sure. Australia, Australia is a dream of mine. I've never been there, so I would love to go with friends there. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I recommend Italy, London, France, Europe. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Venice. Oh yes, it's amazing. So amazing there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Italy. You could, like, go to Italy and then just, like, hop the train and just go all around the country. <laughs> because you don't want to drive in Italy. I love them, but, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty scary. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, any other supernatural things? Any other things you need to talk about? Uh, the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. She was, indeed, the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. That was the Star Wars tattoo, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three more episodes and um, no reruns. We're going to go straight through to the end of the season. So, so will our podcast. Yeah. And um, I can't believe it. Seventh season is winding down. I can't wait to find out where we all, uh, where we finish up for the season. Like it's Sarah Gamble's last episode and you just know she's going out with a bang. You know, it'll be something that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you want to uh, listen to our podcast and or download it, you can uh, subscribe and listen through iTunes. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Uh, you can go to winchesterbros.com, click on the Winchester Radio icon. It'll take you to Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Winchester Bros, and that always has all the information and links about not just uh, Winchester Radio, but all supernatural news, um, about the show, about conventions, about uh, all the actors and actresses that have ever been involved, <laughs> supernatural family. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thanks to our caller in with the question. Thank you for your patience. Um, Thank you, Felicia Day, for being a fantastic uh, guest going above and beyond. And, again, we're glad Charlie survived, so hopefully we can see her again sometime. And, of course, um, Becky and Penny. (laughs) And thank you to you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I guess that's it, right? Thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you next week.